Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Today on CityCast Philly, Black infants in our city are more likely to die within the first year of their lives than babies of other races or ethnicities. So the city wants to roll out a new program in hopes to reduce the city's high infant mortality rates. It's Monday, April 3rd. I'm Trinae Ree, and here's what Philly's talking about. Dr. Stacey Callum, you're the director of the Division of Maternal, Child and Family Health at the Philadelphia Department of Public Health, and you're a pediatrician. And joining us also is Lydia Seymour. You're the Community Action Network Coordinator for the Philadelphia Department of Public Health's Division of Maternal, Child and Family Health. Thank you both for being on the show. Thank you so much for having us. Yes, thank you for having us. Stacey, why is there such a racial disparity in birth outcomes for Black babies in our city? Thanks, Trinae. I think that is the right question for us to be starting with. So first, just to go into the numbers, overall, Philadelphia has the highest infant mortality rate of the top 10 most populous U.S. cities, if you look back over the past several years. Then moreover, as you said, Black infants in Philadelphia, they have three times the infant mortality rate of white infants in Philadelphia. So that is a sort of mind-boggling racial health disparity, and that's what we're here to address. As far as the reasons why, I think you really have to point to systemic racism, both historical and present, leading to disparate impacts on communities and sort of concentrated disadvantage, higher rates of poverty. And that is from decades upon decades of systemic racism in our society, plus present-day racism that manifests in health outcomes. Is the problem unique to Philly? No, um, sadly, we see racial health disparities in infant mortality and in maternal mortality across our country. I think reflecting just sort of the history of systemic racism that is part of our country's history. So tell us about this new program. It's called Philly Joy Bank. What's this all about? So this is our response. So as the Community Action Network here in Philadelphia, we are about taking action. So Our total goal is to decrease infant mortality in Philadelphia and also to improve and um, address racial disparities around Black maternal health and also infant health. Um, And so with infant mortality and with all the things that are happening around that here in our city, we decided to focus on financial stress because we did some research and we've done a lot of data around like what are the things that are causing premature births and what are the things that are causing mm. stress around in pregnancy? And one of the things among all racial groups we found is that finances are a top issue. And so one of the things we're doing with the Philly Joy Bank is providing 250 Philadelphian pregnant people with a $1,000 cash supplement. It's unrestricted, so we're not telling them what to do with that money. And how long is are you going to give that money out? 
for 18 months. So that's going to be six months within pregnancy and then a total of 12 months after pregnancy, postpartum. How can giving this monthly, it's, it's a guaranteed monthly cash payment to expecting people, how does that giving that cash improve birth outcomes, right? So like for me, when I was an expecting mom, my, you know, especially for my first child, I would have loved to have prenatal visits that were closer to my apartment or having an advocate like a doula or a midwife to help me understand like my body changing, my whole pregnancy and even affordable childcare options that I could use so I could get back to work. So how how can how can giving cash um, help those birth outcomes? Yeah, that's a great question, Trinae. And I think your examples were perfect because what you talked about was childcare. You talked about transportation. Those are all things that having extra cash on hand during pregnancy with the flexibility to use as you see fit, you could use it to address all of those issues. A different pregnant person might have other stressors and can use the cash to address those needs. Taking a step back though, there's sort of mechanism we think between cash and pregnancy and birth outcomes is sort of twofold. So one, pregnancy is inherently sort of a stressful time. So is new motherhood or new parenthood. And then we know that from our data, financial stress is a really big stressor. So just having extra cash on hand during pregnancy, we think will just alleviate stress. And we know that alleviating stress that has physiological changes in the body that helps just have better pregnancy outcomes. And then second, what you were touching on, we think of sort of as like the social determinants of health. So Hmm. all the things outside of your medical visit that affects one's health and that having extra cash on hand during pregnancy will allow the pregnant person to address those social determinants of health as they see fit with flexibility in ways that we think will ultimately impact birth outcomes. And I say we think will impact birth outcomes because there is evidence actually behind this approach. So in Manitoba, Canada, they have a program that's actually like policy for the past over 20 years called the Healthy Baby Prenatal Benefit, where they give no strings attached cash to low income pregnant people. And what they found is that reduces the rates of um, low birth weight by 21% and prematurity by 17.5%, which is astronomical. Because of that evidence, we really are optimistic that Philly Joy Bank will be successful here in Philadelphia. And just to clarify, this would be the first of its kind in the country. Not the first, it'll be amongst the first. So we want to give props to our colleagues in San Francisco, who we adore, the Abundant Birth Project, that is doing a guaranteed income project in San Francisco for um, Black pregnant and Pacific Islander pregnant people, extending for a six months postpartum. So we are amongst the first and definitely the first in our city. And just real quick, um, you're expecting to roll this program out in 2024? Yes, early 2024. And Trinae, sorry, if I could just jump in here. I want to thank you first for just speaking to your own lived experience. You know, one of the other things about the Philly Joy Bank is that we understand that we need emotional support and we need all the other supports. And so along with the cash supplements, we're also offering doulas. We're offering um, breastfeeding support. We're also offering um, home visiting. But we know that all of those things are necessary for a healthy pregnancy and even health uh, postpartum. And so we're offering that as well as voluntary services um, for all of the 250 Philadelphians. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. 
you'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture, and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Lydia, if you're comfortable to share you gave birth to a premature baby, what would have been helpful for you during this time? Sure. So I was a new mom. Our uh, first child was born at 25 weeks and four days. And at the time, I don't even think I like was able to process all the things that was going on. It was very overwhelming. Yeah, it's a lot. It's overwhelming. Yeah. And just a little insight into that. We were going in for our 25 week prenatal appointment. So everything I'm coming from work. Me and my husband were together and we were going for meeting up at the doctor's office. We actually had a midwife. Um, and so we were trying to take all the precautions, you know, to go um, and go through a healthy pregnancy, you know. And so uh, we got to the appointment and saw the midwife and things were going pretty much as normal. At that time, there was nothing alarming. Um, by the end of the appointment, uh, the midwife just took my blood pressure, it was a little elevated. We, from that point, we were sent to um, the hospital. We never left the hospital from that point on. Mm -hmm. And it was, um, sometimes it feels like it happened just yesterday, um, you know, because of all the things that were around that. But I realized that that experience has brought me to this point and fighting for just justice. And I don't even have all the words, (laughs) but just fighting for justice and making sure that every mom, every family, even dads, like at this point are seen, are heard, are provided for in every space. You know, um, thankfully our daughter now is six years old and she's healthy. She's doing well. It's good to hear. Um, yes. But we went in and we had to have an emergency C-section. We stayed in the NICU for 112 days and it was a lot. It was a lot Mm -hmm. to process like emotionally, a lot to process financially. Um, you know, and I think a lot of the support came from different places. You know, I'm, I'm grateful our family was very supportive. And so they were able to call. Um, they were able to show up. They were able to send care packages. We have a, a strong like faith-based um, community that showed up, prayed for us, came and, and just was like, you need to take a nap. I'll be on post or I'll do a rotation. Um, and then even just for my husband, he had to go back to work like shortly after our delivery. And then people were able to kind of drive me back and forth to the hospital because you don't think about those things. Like as a mom, you're not able to drive after a C-section, you know? And so, you know, people were able to take shifts to take me back and forth to see our child. And then with his time frame, he would go to work 
and then come straight to the hospital after going to work, you know? And so it was definitely a community of people that still to this day support us, still to this day mm-hmm. champion our daughter and remind us of like the miracle that she is, you know? And so those were some of the support mechanisms that really helped us carry us through that time. Will this Philly Joy Bake provide some of those emotional support systems that expecting families, you know, need? Yes. Um, So like we'll be offering to participants doula support, which doulas provide in addition to sort of that labor support. They work with you prenatally and postpartum and provide like tangible and emotional support. Mm. Similarly, home visitors um, will be offering us a voluntary basis, which also provide a lot of emotional support and connection. We're thinking through, we'll be having a bunch of people who are pregnant in our program all do around the same time. So is there any sort of like cohort building or like community of expectant right. pregnant people that we can create um, mm-hmm. for the program participants? Are there any particular neighborhoods that are more impacted by the racial disparities in these birth outcomes? And what does that tell us? Yes. So one of the things that we as the Community Action Network has done, we've done our our research in our city, Philadelphia, you know, and we pinpointed three specific areas because they have very low birth weights in these areas. And those are Nice Town Tioga, Strawberry Mansion, and also Cobbs Creek in Philadelphia. And so those are the top three zip codes that have very low birth weights. And unfortunately, they are black and brown pregnant people um, and families that are experiencing these um, high, very low birth weights. And so, you know, it's a whole lot around that. Mm -hmm. This is a pilot that we're looking to sustain and have continue so we can branch out into other areas. But we're starting there. And what would success look like for this program? It will look like those numbers decreasing. And then even for those 250 moms and pregnant people that receive this support, them being able to turn around and be a peer support to other moms in those areas that are um, experiencing those things. And then also us being able to turn around and make this, this is the norm in Philadelphia that we're giving these to not just the 250, but we're on our third and fifth and sixth pilot of this this program, you know, and so that's what success will look like. And I'll just say I 100% agree with everything Lydia said, and I'll add that also success for us would be able to take what we've learned from the Philly Joy Bank and bring it to policymakers at the state or federal level and make broader changes about how we take care of people when they're pregnant or have a new baby in our country. Stacey Callum and Lydia Seymour from the Philadelphia Department of Public Health's Division of Maternal, Child, and Family Health. Thank you so much for this information and for joining me on CityCast Philly. Thank you, Trinae. Thanks so much for having us. You can stay updated about the Philly Joy Bank by following Philly Loves Families on Facebook and going to phillycan.com. We'll have links in our show notes. And here's what else Philly's talking about. The city's only fully accessible rec center will be getting some much needed renovations. KYW reports that the city revealed plans for a $30 million renovation for the Carousel House located in Fairmount Park. The redesign of the building will be more than double the space, providing a new gym, pool areas, a fitness area with adaptive equipment, and so much more. 
Carousel House has been closed since the pandemic because the city said the building was unsafe. And Ashley Jordan, president and CEO of the African-American Museum in Philadelphia, has been appointed by President Joe Biden to serve on the National Museum and Library Services Board. The Philadelphia Tribune reports that this board supports the nation's museums, libraries, archives and related organizations. And members are appointed by the president of the United States for five year terms. It's time for the tip of the day where we share a life hack for living in Philly. PennDOT is permanently closing a 95 North ramp in Northeast Philly. Philly Voice reports the Bridge Street Harbison Avenue ramp at exit 27 will be closed around April 18th because of long-term construction projects. So if you're driving in that area, traffic will be directed to the Aramingo Avenue off-ramp. If you have a tip of the day, we'd love to hear from you too. Call or text us at 215-259-8170. That's all for today here on CityCast Philly. If you enjoyed this show, why not tell a friend, rate the show, leave us a review, and hit that subscribe button. Be sure to sign up for our morning newsletter too. It's called Hey Philly. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye.